Welcome to Contra, the podcast about disability, design justice, and the life world. This show is about the politics of accessible and critical design, broadly conceived, and how accessibility can be more than just functional or assistive. It can also be conceptual, artful, and world-changing. I'm your host, Amy Hamrai. I'm a professor at Vanderbilt University, a designer and design researcher, and the director of the Critical Design Lab, a multi-institution collaborative focused on disability, technology, and critical theory. Members of the lab collaborate on a number of projects focused on hacking ableism, speaking back to inaccessible public infrastructures, and redesigning the methods of participatory design, all using a disability culture framework. This podcast provides a window into the kinds of discussions that we have within the lab, as well as the conversations that we're hoping to put into motion. So in coming episodes, you'll also hear from myself and the other designers and researchers in the lab, and we encourage you to get in touch with us via our website, www.mapping-access.com, or on Twitter at CriticalDesignL. Thanks so much to everyone who listened to and read transcripts for our first season. The lab members and myself could not be happier about the reception of the podcast. We're so grateful to everyone who has shared and commented on the episodes. If you've been enjoying the podcast so far, please take a moment to rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever platform you use. This helps us reach more people. In this episode, I'm going to do a brief discussion and wrap up of our first season. I'm also going to get a bit into the motivations for making a podcast like Contra in the first place. In the early years of the lab, it was very common to engage in collaborations and conversations about disability and design that took either one of two forms. Most of the time, I found myself doing some of the work that we would call Disability Culture 101, explaining that disability is a culture and for some people a shared experience that can produce design and it's not a pathological condition. The other type of conversation I often had was with other people who were part of disability culture. We talked about how Disability 101 does not get us very far. The conversations we have outside of our communities start to be the ones that we have within them. Two years ago, I opened up the lab to graduate students and junior faculty outside of Vanderbilt. The goal was to create a broader community, as well as to give my own undergraduate and graduate students access to mentorship and collaboration with disabled artists and designers and other disability studies scholars. We spent a great deal of very useful and creative time reading texts, sharing cool projects, and engaging in what we call co-mentorship. This is a model in which, in between meetings, we're each assigned to pair up with one another and have at least one meeting devoted to workshopping our individual projects. From these conversations, we started to develop a shared vocabulary and set of resources. We came to understand our work as part of the lineages of CRIP activism and politics, as well as design. And eventually we came to a point where we had a long list of people we wanted to talk to. 
So this is when we came up with the idea for a podcast. It seemed that instead of having these conversations just amongst ourselves, we ought to record and share them with other people. We wanted to do this as a cultural archive for the future of disabled people and designers. Secondarily, we thought that designers, academics, and others would also make use of this archive. But something that was very important was to begin with the assumption that our audience was already invested in disability culture. We thought that this would be just as effective as doing Disability 101, but that it would provide sustenance to our own work and the broader communities in which we are engaged. So producing this podcast included multiple types of expertise. Kevin Gotkin and Jara Mosh helped those of us who had never recorded anything before, including myself, figure out how to configure microphones, record, and edit. There was a lot of trial and error in the process, and so in some episodes, you may hear differences in audio quality because of this. Season one of Contra reflects a range of people who first came to mind when thinking through what it would mean to have a disability culture-infused design lab at a university that was also multi-institutional and collaborative. Some of the interviews took place in this first season because of things like travel schedules, where I was going to be for a workshop or the date of someone's visit to Vanderbilt. Others came about because of conversations lab members were having or publications we were working on. So several of the episodes in this season and in the next feature people whose work appears in the special issue of the journal Catalyst on Cryptechnoscience, which I co-edited with Kelly Fritch, David Serlin, and Mara Mills. And there are more of these to come. I want to thank our guests, Sarah Hendren, Mimi Cook, Kevin Gotkin, Alice Wong, Robert McCrure, Kathy Hannabach, Marcel Laflamme, Moya Bailey, and Melissa Thompson for their time and wisdom. It was so incredible to get to learn from them, and we look forward to ongoing conversations. If you haven't listened to all the episodes yet, I would really recommend going back and doing so. There's a really interesting narrative arc across the season that was totally unexpected. So now I want to discuss some of the themes that appeared across the season. In my mind, these were, one, the concept that knowing is a gateway to making, that disability studies and disability culture concepts, as well as disabled people's experiential knowledge, can inform new ways of doing design critically. Two, that disability culture is an ongoing and collaborative phenomenon that's also politicized in opposition to forces such as neoliberalism. And also that disability culture and disability justice are a means of future survival. Three, intersectionality, particularly the relationship of disability to systemic racism, as well as racial identities and experiences. And finally, that design is not just about architecture or products. It also takes place in unexpected sites, such as media making, conference hosting, and publishing. And all of these can be places in which we infuse disability culture with design outcomes. Since it's come up in a few different episodes, and if you're interested in reading more about these themes from a historical perspective, 
I'll just say a bit about my book, Building Access, Universal Design and the Politics of Disability, which was published by the University of Minnesota Press in 2017. This book is basically a history of accessibility and universal design that takes up disability culture as a framework for intervening in the ways that designers talk about disability, whether from the perspective that disability is too marginal to include or from the perspective that non-disabled people ought to design inclusion for disabled people. So in the book, you can read about how architecture came to exclude disabled people, and also how early efforts toward disability inclusion were often also ableist and assumed that all disabled people were white. You can also read about the origins of what I call cryptechnoscience, politicized acts of designing by disabled people that have often been forgotten in the aftermath of the Americans with Disabilities Act. As companions to reading Building Access, I would also very much recommend Bess Williamson's Accessible America and Elizabeth Guffey's Designing Disability. These books came out within a year or so of one another, and of course, we've all been close friends and colleagues collaborating for a long time. So we're excited about this because it means that there's an emerging field of critical work on accessibility with several books and tons of articles that folks can read. Whereas when we first started working on these projects, there was very little other than primary sources. Okay, so switching gears a little bit, a priority for us as we created the podcast was to have transcriptions available from the beginning, and multiple sources of funding were directed at this specific form of accessibility. Podcasts are not for everyone, and not everyone uses them in the same way. Some people listen to them on the way to work or or while riding public transportation, And there are all sorts of considerations in designing a podcast around how long to make an episode for this reason. Some people read transcripts. Some do both at the same time, reading and listening. For a long time, I had a really hard time paying attention long enough to finish episodes of most podcasts. Then I discovered audiobooks and that if I sped up an audiobook, I could pay attention much more easily. This is just because of how my brain works. Listening to Contra in the production process has been really interesting because I found out that sometimes I speak much more slowly while being recorded than I do in everyday conversations. But because I tend to listen to everything at double speed, this is fine for me. And I would encourage you to try it out if you think that that may work for you too. Okay, so where are we going from here? I can share that next on our agenda is an even more ambitious lineup of guests who will discuss disability culture in relation to multiple forms of cultural production, including design, fashion, and dance, and who will share their recent publications and scholarly archives with us. We're also working on an exciting new project of hacking the podcast forum itself. This goes back to conversations that we had with Alice Wong and Marcel Laflamme and Kathy Hannebach in this season. We're trying to ask the question of why a podcast just has to be an MP3 file. And in the spirit of critical design, we want to explore ways that podcasts 
can, for example, incorporate American Sign Language, video, image descriptions, and other features that are central to specific and multiple disability cultures. So our goal with these episodes is not to produce a single standard of accessibility to say, this is the most accessible type of podcast and all podcasts must do this one thing, but to use media and design for open-ended experiments in what we think of as unfinished crip technoscience. So we're off for the rest of the summer, but hope to be back in the fall. Until then, please be in touch if you have any questions or suggestions for future episodes. And thank you again for listening and reading the transcripts. You've been listening to Contra, a podcast about disability, design justice, and the life world. Contra is a production of the Critical Design Lab. Kevin Gotkin, Amy Hamrai, Cassandra Hartley, Maggie Mang, Jara Mosh, and Leah Samples. Follow us on Twitter at Critical Design L and learn more about our projects at www.mapping-access.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. The Contra podcast is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike International 3.0 license. That means you can remix, repost, or recycle any of the content as long as you aren't making money, you don't change the credits, and you share it under the same license.